0: On this episode of The Edge, Carrie Serka, head of caregiver experience at The Key, joins ClearEdge Marketing CEO and founder Leslie Vickery to share how she's
1: excelled in a career that matches passion with purpose. Carrie and Leslie also discuss her secret to battling imposter syndrome, why we should hire people for potential, and how Carrie has mastered the balance of imbalance and why that's okay. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, listeners, and welcome to The Edge Podcast. I am your host, Leslie Vickery, CEO and founder of Clear Edge Marketing. For those of you new to The Edge, we feature executive women in the recruitment industry in an effort to shine the light on the wonderful women leading our industry forward and for up-and-comers. If they can see it, women in executive roles, and understand the day and the life of the C-suite, they can certainly envision and be it. For today's episode, it brings me great pleasure to welcome Carrie Circa, who's the head of caregiver experience with The Key. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, it's amazing to have you here today. Carrie, I know this is something we have talked about for. Some time, and it's just an (laughs) honor to have you uh, with me here today after getting to know you over the years. So, Carrie, for those not familiar with The Key, perhaps you can share a little background about the company.
0: Yeah, happy to. For nearly 20 years, The Key, which was formerly home care assistance up until March of this year, 2022, has helped clients achieve successful long term aging at home with comprehensive concierge based care. And fun fact, it was co-founded by an incredible woman in leadership named Lily saffron I'm excited for you to get to know her. With The Key, we ensure the dignity, safety, and independence of our clients, and we're committed to changing how the world lives and ages at home. So employee teams get the training, resource, and support they need to deliver exceptional care, experience for clients and their families. We were founded in Silicon Valley, and we've grown from a single location to service concierge throughout North America including Canada, enabling clients to live their life on their own terms and to to stay at their homes.
1: It's such an important topic. I know there's several of us right now with parents who are getting a little older and looking at opportunities and options for them and just educating ourselves on what options are out there and learning more about the key and the concierge service and kind of just making sure they're living their best lives. It's a great place to be. So I need to remember this because we were talking to ASA about hosting a session on this topic, and we should certainly have you perhaps represented to help guide that conversation. I'm sure there's a lot of best practices we can all learn from as we look at this next stage in our lives as well. So Carrie, let's look at your career journey. How did you get your start in staffing and what were pivotal moments that led to where you are today?
0: Okay. I'm going to share my story and I'm going to kind of highlight those, those moments. So I'll start with, I started in retail management to pay for my education and I worked at Target and uh, then gateway computers. So when those stores were out there with the cow box, that's, that's where I started. I was in Wisconsin, going to the University of Wisconsin and Madison. And I was thrilled that Gateway moved me to Florida and eventually San Diego. So, fun fact, I like warm weather. Unfortunately, retail, if you remember, it didn't work out for Gateway, but on the plus side, it brought me to staffing. And I was so thrilled for an opportunity to work Monday through Friday. (laughs) And when I first went to a small nurse company called American Mobile 20 years ago, I did politely ask for a position in leadership. I I was a leader in retail. And unfortunately, or fortunate, they hired directly in as a recruiter. And that is really fortunate because I was able to grow and climb the career path within one organization and understanding it from that entry level as a recruiter. And I was determined to climb the ladder quickly. I broke records and promoted, eventually leading the entire recruiting engine of well over 200 recruiters up until 2018, when I had mastered recruitment. At that point, I was really proud of the team. We had grown our revenue from 400 million to over 800 million, and our market share was 11%, with the closest competitor at 7%. At this point, it was a company AMN Healthcare, which is the largest healthcare staffing provider with multiple career opportunities, including locums, per diem, et cetera. So in 2018, I transitioned and I was excited for a new challenge to be a general manager and manage a PL. And it was a unique opportunity where we were going from a brick and mortar and fragmented model to a digital model with a tech and touch strategy, we were launching an app. We white labeled an app called AMN Hub, and it was awesome. We were able to transform per diem where clinicians could accept shifts within minutes with an app in their pockets versus the traditional way we do per diem staffing, you know, one call at a time. And we grew that organization. NurseFinders had several leaders and we'd owned it for 10 years. And I was thrilled to have been the first leader to grow that Organization, both top and bottom line. At that point, I also added International O'Grady Payton into my portfolio. I was leading that organization for a, a while, and that's a, an incredible organization bringing nurses in from overseas to come and help with staffing, and this was during the pandemic, and it was a critical service offering. Everyone needed nurses. After that, I went and led credentialing, which was credentialing across the board. So it was everything from CNAs to nurses to allied and up into locum tenens. It was an incredible opportunity, but this opportunity at the key came across my lap in 2022 and it was just the perfect alignment. I currently serve on the Alzheimer's board here in San Diego, and it's been something near and dear to my heart. I had a grandma that had Alzheimer's and she was my idol. She suffered from it, Grandma Millie, for over 10 years. And when this particular opportunity to recruit, train, market, and find caregivers that could help someone live out their best life in their home came across my lap and it happened to be in San Diego, I I went for it and I was excited. It's a hyper-fragmented market. And to your point, Leslie, I'm so excited to bring more light to it in the staffing industry. Home care is going to continue to be important, especially with the aging of the baby boomers. And I am about two months in now at the key. And again, just an incredible opportunity to make an impact in a space that is near and dear to my heart.
1: Very, you are a very purpose driven person as I've gotten to know you over the years and you talk about Alzheimer's all the time. And I love the fact that now you can kind of change your career into, not that you, it wasn't purpose-driven before, but very much into something you're so passionate about. Carrie, when I hear you tell your story, I hear someone on the forefront of innovation at each stage of your journey when I think of you with the, you know, the online mobile app and digital piece of it and really leading that side of the business. And then obviously as COVID hit credentialing was more critical possibly than ever, it came up so much with nurses traveling more often. So, I love that you're on our podcast and it's uh, just such an honor to know you. And this is a big part of why we do this podcast. There are a lot of women leading companies and leading massive divisions like you have in the past who some people don't even know. So kind of getting your story out there and sharing it with others is, is really important. Speaking of that, when we talk about your, your grandmother and Millie, I know role models have played a very important part in your life and career. When you think of people who kind of have influenced you the most, I'd love to hear who comes to mind. Of course, your grandmother is definitely one of those people. You even named your daughter after her. So maybe share people who have influenced you, how they shaped you into the person and leader you are today.
0: I will. Thanks. That's a great question. So yes, my grandma influences who I am and she, she was just a kind and funny Funny, funny, always playing pranks. In fact, up until I was, I think like maybe even 15, I thought I could take my teeth out. <laughs> she had nine children and every day for her was the happiest day of her life. And she would say that. So I take that with me both personally and professionally. We have an opportunity every day to make an impact in everyone we interact with. So don't get me wrong. There are things that might upset me, but you'll rarely find me in a bad mood. But then moving over to role models, they're critical to me, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are familiar with StrengthsFinder. One of my top five is significance. So role models matter to me. With that, I've got a board of directors that I count on. Beth Machado would be one of the first ones I'd call out. She's a legend in healthcare staffing, and she led AMN Healthcare, American Mobile, et cetera, to where it is today. I still run decisions past her. She was tough but she's an expert and she always has great advice. There's other ones as well. Uh, Cindy Burnham comes to my mind. She's an executive coach that has helped me throughout my career. And I was honored to get the opportunity and so grateful for EMN to have brought that to me. We continue to have contact and she's just really there to help me grow. Uh, also, there's others in my life. A lot of them are my friends. And a fun fact, I'd heard about this idea of a personal board of directors years ago. Uh, Some of my best girlfriends are working professionals, COOs of other organizations. And we go for nights out and we call them board meetings because we we do ask each other questions. And the further up in your career you grow, the more that you may have to go outside to ask for advice on, hey, I need help on this. And you wanna surround yourself with people that will help you
1: bring your best, both personally and professionally. Oh my gosh. I love that. I may take that idea. Actually, we do talk a little bit about having your own board of directors, but I love that you call your dinners out together board meetings. And some of my very best friends are people I know actually in our industry and, you know, just through work and so forth. It makes sense that that carries over into your conversation, but I love that you actually call it that. So that's fantastic. And you do like exude this happiness. I have to say you have a little bit of like Midwestern going to college at You know, in Wisconsin, there's definitely a niceness about the Midwest, but I feel like every time I get off of a flight in San Diego, Carrie, everyone is smiling. It's sunny. It's beautiful. I've always had such a pleasant experience with the people there. And The fact that you get to live your best life, you're always posting pictures of if it's surfing or skiing and you've got your kids involved in that too. So you, you seem to kind of live and do the things that you love, which I'm sure gives you that feeling of just tremendous happiness too. another fun fact about you. All right. So we have talked a lot over the past and you and I have talked about this and you know, it's something that I'm extraordinarily passionate about. And and that's the importance of having confidence in the struggle that women often find within themselves. They don't always see in themselves what other people see in them. Did you ever feel like you doubted your executive presence and was it grounded in internal insecurity and not grounded in the reality of your performance abilities, really, what advice do you have for others who may struggle with that confidence and ultimately could hold them back from advancing in their careers? Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: I suffer from imposter
0: syndrome too. And I think it goes in waves. It's especially common when you grow up at a company. For example, I mentioned I worked at MN for 20 years. That's a long time. When you grow your career, you're going to go through that at every level you get to. And it's especially uncomfortable with each promotion. So whenever you're raising your hand and you get to that next level, you're going to go through that imposter syndrome again. And I'm pleased to share that I am comfortable being uncomfortable uh, because if you don't put yourself out there, you're going to hold yourself back. With that said, I ground myself in knowing that with each promotion, I earned it with driving results and developing people. I also remind myself and others that we've earned a seat at that table and our voice counts. So when I am mentoring people, don't get me wrong. I go through all the things, the nerves, and sometimes it shows. But then after that meeting, I have this self-talk of, hey, guess what? There's gonna be another meeting and you're gonna have another chance. You always have that chance to improve. In addition, I'm a lifelong learner and I'm always seeking feedback. So I recommend to anyone, surround yourself with people that will give you feedback and lift you up. You need someone there that'll tell you if you have spinach in your teeth. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's critical. And that's where you should spend your time. The last piece of advice I always share with people, Leslie, is don't wait for your company to give you a mentor. If you're waiting around for it, guess what? You'll be waiting a long time. Just find it yourself. If you know that you have a gap, for example, in finance, find a mentor in finance. And a lot of times what you'll learn is by going out there and asking and just ask for it, you'll find that they'll learn plenty from you as a mentee as well.
1: Mm -hmm. I always take away anytime I'm a mentor, which is often whether it be through ASA's mentorship program, or there's a client we have right now whose daughter is in marketing, and I've offered to mentor her and we're going to set up just like we do through ASA, a mentoring partnership, It's so, so important. And to your point, I always learn so much from them and out of the experience, it's wonderful for me too. It's such a a wonderful mutual relationship and partnership. It's very rewarding to have those relationships and also rewarding when you can see the people you mentor kind of rising up in their careers as well. And you're so right. You need friends who will tell you that you have spinach in your teeth. (laughs) So so (laughs) around. So important. All right. You have two kids, Carrie. In fact, your daughter Mila is about to turn one. What if anything changed for you? And by the way, as you were taking on new roles and growing at AMN and then deciding if you wanted to leave, all of these things kind of happening as you're, you know, helping raise two young children. What changed for you between having your two kids? So whether it was taking time off to your thoughts of being a working mom in general, or just the support we give our teams as they're reentering the workforce?
0: Oh gosh. Great question, Leslie. And I'm going to give you an answer that I hope speaks to some of your listeners. I have a unique situation and I know I'm not alone. I have an eight-year-old son, Miko.
1: It's okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Miko.
0: Oh, shoot. Oh, I practiced
1: this even. Okay. It's okay to cry too on it.
0: Oh, yeah. Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so important to share, though. So so many people will find value in your story. That's what I figured. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, and I thought I'd thought I finally have the other side of it.
1: <laughs> All right. I have an eight year old son,
0: Miko, who's turning nine, in addition to my daughter, Mila. It was not planned to have such a gap. And like many of us, I had goals. Climb the ladder, get married in my twenties, house by late twenties, two children by 35. It didn't go exactly as planned. I had my first child at 35 and he came easy, super easy, but I suffered secondary infertility. My daughter came then after six years of trying, four rounds of IVF and seven pregnancies. So if you're going through this, I see you and you're not alone. I share this story because while going through this and growing my career, there were times where I thought about not raising my hand, but I just couldn't imagine having that be the reason. And so I'm really thrilled that I stuck with it and I kept going. And I also continued to grow my career. I didn't step out of the workplace, I didn't step back, and it worked out. And the wild thing today is, first of all, it's amazing. I'm so proud to have a future lady leader, but also somehow it all worked out. And back to your question of having two kids, my older son is turning nine. He's incredibly helpful. And I'm so grateful for, for him to help. I also think that now with two kids, i I'm not as nervous as I was with my first to get back out there and travel. My husband, Yuha, he's got it. I was away for three nights this week. He's an expert. With my son, I don't know um, if I would have been as confident. And so I, I share that. As I look back, I probably could have easily traveled <laughs> with my son too. And in some ways, wish I would have done it a little earlier because it's, it's nice. They bond, they grow together and you raise great independent kids.
1: Thank you, Carrie, for opening up and, and sharing your story. It, I'm sure is not an easy one to talk about. And I know for you, the lives that you can impact by sharing it, it's just so critical. And you have proven that um, Seven pregnancies. I just can't get that out of my head, Carrie. Seven pregnancies.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. It's it- you kept working
1: and you kept climbing and you kept doing it. And people give up hope that that they can't do it. And you know, it's not for everyone. You know, we waited. I think we were married eight years before we had Grayson, and I had him at forty-three. And the more we can talk about our journeys and have women realize that you can have a family, you can have a career, and it isn't always easy. And there are people out there who you can learn from and talk to. You are like the best mentor for someone who is going through anything. And I know you're open to it. I hope people who are listening realize, and perhaps going through something or their significant others are going through something that they're not alone and that there's hope and help. If you ever need someone to talk to, I know we're all willing to help however we can. So anyway, thank you for opening up on that.
0: You're all absolutely welcome to reach out to me. I consider myself an expert now, (laughs) unfortunately on infertility. Uh, So happy to share some tips that got me through it.
1: Well, and how fun for big brother Miko to be able to take care of her and help you and really step up and be there. You're right. If it were back to back, sometimes that's hard. It's a special relationship and bond they will have too, because he was, you know, part of your journey when you were going through it. Even if he doesn't remember everything specifically, certainly there were times. So for him to now play this role and helping with Mila is, is really fantastic. Thank you. Okay, switching gears. Uh, You recently, Carrie, joined the board of Oak Healthcare Staffing. And for those interested in joining boards, this comes up all the time. We know statistically speaking, there aren't as many women, first of all, in the C-suite, let alone on boards. So this is a pretty big deal that you got on this company's board. Congratulations, first of all. So share with us how that came about and then any advice you have for others who are also looking to join boards. I am so
0: grateful for this question because I got advice from three people that I want to highlight And I'm so glad that it's finally come true. So this has been a goal of mine for a really long time. I went to a presentation. I remember it. It was back in 2017 and it was Susan Salka, CEO of AMN Healthcare. She's definitely one of my idols. She presented on a panel of women on boards. In that panel, that that at the time was when the 20 by 2020, so 20% by 2020 was a thing, which so thrilled. Now it's 50% by 2050. And I listened to some of the tips that she shared, and two of them were great specific tactics. One is don't be afraid to share your goals. If you want to get on the board, share it, tell people, get the word out there. The second thing that she mentioned is that when you're networking, so when you're at a conference, when you're meeting people for the first time, Make sure you not only say, hi, my name is Carrie Circa, but you're adding things like your numbers of, I lead an organization with X amount of people. I drive revenue of X amount. I took that advice and it, it really is incredible the impact that it makes. Get that elevator pitch down straight because you never know what it can bring you. The second advice I got was from another idol, Julie Fletcher, who I'm proud to work with today. And she mentioned to me that if this is my goal, join a nonprofit, which I did. She also gave really good advice that if you're gonna join a nonprofit board, do it about a cause that you care deeply about. Because a lot of what you're gonna be doing is bringing attention to that cause and it should align with your mission and values. With that great advice is how I started with the Alzheimer's Association. With both their advice and their sponsorship, I am so grateful to Brian Scott, who's the CFO of The Key, and he shared this opportunity with me. Again, I shared my goals with him. He shared this opportunity with me, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be on the board for an incredible organization
1: that Tracy Clark is building. Awesome. It is an incredible opportunity. You know, we know Oak very well, and that will bring us together, working together as well. I love Susan's advice because I definitely feel like if you put it out into the universe and you know start with nonprofit boards and get that experience so you kind of know but then this is a whole other ball game with joining companies especially those getting started and you start to realize how much you have to offer these companies and what you can give and it's really just an incredible experience I'll throw out there something because a lot of women will come to me and say, Hey, do you know of any board positions? Or people will come to me and say, Hey, do you know of anyone looking is not to be afraid to say yourself, if you're having a conversation with someone, if you end up with an open board seat, I would be interested in joining. And here's why. And of course, it's got to be the right opportunity, but it's like your career. If you don't, see yourself and be your own best champion, and you're waiting for others to do it, it could take a long time. So definitely, I will take your advice to heart. And when I'm talking to others, continue to share it because it comes up, especially with the women we're working with at this stage in our careers, it's something that they see as continuing to grow and potentially their next stage to be on multiple boards and investors and so forth. So yeah, love it. Thank you. Of course. Kerry, one of the things I really admire about you is how active you are from surfing, as I mentioned earlier, to skiing and so, so much more. I feel like at least on the outside, it looks like you really lead by example when it comes to taking time off to reset and you believe in living a healthy, active lifestyle. So whether we use the word finding harmony or balance at the end of the day, we have to take care of ourselves. So tell me, what is your philosophy on putting your oxygen mask on first? In other words, taking care of you and carving out time to do what you love outside of work. I live this mantra
0: and I know that in order to bring my best self, I have to recharge. So I consider it that I've mastered the balance of imbalance and that's okay. I cannot stress how important it is to take time for self-care. Some of my very, very best innovative ideas happen when I'm on a run and I can clear my head. It's just me in the road. Also with skiing and surfing, there's a lot of reasons that those are two sports that I love. And to be clear, I like surfing and three foot waves. <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely want to level set there. First of all, you never know what the elements are going to throw your way. Whether it's on the surf or in the mountains, it can really help you in, in life and it'll dictate your experience and you'll make the most of it i especially love though and and why i adore those sports is i love to connect with my son he's Mm -hmm. at an age now where we're out in the lineup together or we're charging down double diamonds that's my ski lingo and we can have great connections with no technology distracting us i love it it gets me recharged and i think it can help you with staffing to be prepared for unexpected market shifts And you're constantly dealing with changing conditions. So it definitely helps.
1: I love that you're a water and mountain person. I love the water. I grew up in Michigan and we had lakes, but I have family in Florida and we went surfing once and all I could hear was the theme of Jaws. (laughs) 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 and I was so paranoid. They were like, all right, we had an instructor, put your feet off the end of the board and just dangle them out there. And I'm thinking, no way I'm about to get attacked. So maybe sometime you can uh, take me surfing in San Diego and help me overcome that fear. I love the water, but I am afraid, I'll admit it, of the surf side of it. But it's funny because in the mountains, it's where I feel at home and I feel such peace, throw me on the mountain, any kind of environment. And I just I'm at home songs come into my head I can freely think I love the cold breeze and the air blowing in my face I, I love it same thing with ice skating anything outdoors the mountains and I don't know why but the cold really brings that same feeling you're you're talking about so maybe you can help me on the uh, the waterfront there
0: <laughs> when well, I'm coming to Breckenridge to stay with you
1: yeah, there you go. We'll do a mutual professional development, quote unquote, personal experience there. Okay. So, speaking of support, let's talk about the importance of women supporting other women. As you know, I recently published a book featuring 15 women from our industry called Together We Rise. I think you probably know every single one of them. It's a story of a group of women who came together during the pandemic, really, and we helped each other in ways that. We had never imagined in ways that weren't always afforded to us growing up in our careers. We actually met through the American Staffing Association's Women in Leadership Council, Carrie, you and I did, of which you've been a member for several years. So I'd love to get your thoughts just as you kind of think back on on your career and the changes you've seen since being part of the Women in Leadership Council. What change or impact have you seen since its inception And really what has evolved over the years, and you may have your own stories of women supporting women or not, hopefully more of, that perhaps you believe we should hear.
0: Leslie, first of all, I have to do a plug for that book. It's incredible. If you haven't read it, buy it, Together We Rise. It's fantastic and features some women that I absolutely admire. Oh, thank you. The women leadership has been an incredible opportunity, and I'll start with a little backstory I saw Susan speak at that webinar, and afterwards, I did what she mentioned. I asked her, gosh, I'd like to get more involved, and I want to get on a board, and I am so grateful to her for offering me her seat on the American Staffing Association Women in Leadership Council. This has been an incredible opportunity. The main thing that's happened is the networking and relationships personally and professionally have grown immensely. I still pinch myself to think that I had the honor to lead it in 2021, because the leaders on this council are incredible. Over the years, we've built momentum, too. I think back to our first pre conference, Leslie, and it was about 40 people in Denver. And it grew to well over 100 last year. And then the virtual drive conference started with about 200 in 2020, then 900 in 2022. We actually broke Zoom with the amount of attendees. So. Definitely a movement. I do have so many stories of women supporting women, and I do want to give some shout-outs here. One shout-out is to Kim Martini. I miss her so much. She was one of my biggest allies at AMN, and I'm so grateful for her friendship. She always had my back, and we both wanted each other to succeed, and that's really special. I'm also so grateful for you, Leslie, and Eric Hyson, Kelly Boykin, Sarah Lessinger, Diana Mertz, and Robin Me. Nee from the American Staffing Association Council. Each one of you have gone out of your way to support me and I'm so grateful for your friendship. I think everyone should hear the mantra that together we rise. I dream of a time when women don't put each other down, especially overlooks, because I still think that exists today and it's too bad. Last, I wanna give a shout out to my male allies, Landry Seade and Ralph Henderson, They've been incredible. So it definitely is all about women supporting other women, but it's important that we have allies too.
1: It's truly an incredible group. I was part of it much later than when you started, but one of the first in-person events where we sold out, it was, I think around hundred people, they had the room set up for And a lot of people didn't know about it. And as they were showing up on site, they wanted to try and crash the party, so to speak, and come in. And since then, it's just grown into something truly incredible. Over 900 women. And you think about it, there are so many women in our industry who haven't always been seen because we didn't have an opportunity to kind of shine the light on them, give them opportunities, have their voices heard and so forth. So it's just a wonderful platform for everyone to continue to grow in their careers and just take it to that next level. So it's it's exciting to be a part of. Now it's like, my gosh, the applications for the scholarships to attend the event in person are incredible, which is so exciting that ASA offers that. And to really get on the Women in Leadership Council, I feel for Diana Mertz and having to go through even those applications, because I know everyone wants to continue to be on it And they've had to add like a lifespan to be on it because they need new people, you know, to come on, give them that opportunity. But it's something I'm really proud to be a part of. All right, Carrie, we are about to wrap up, but before we go, I would love to ask you a few rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. First question, turning point that changed your life forever. Becoming a recruiter at AMN and moving to San Diego. Aww. What is the single best piece of career advice you'd give to your younger self?
0: You are awesome and go for the things that scare you. Don't oh, doubt yourself.
1: I love that. And you are awesome. So I'm glad that you do that. It's funny. We keep giving ourselves that advice over the years. <laughs> <At> some You <point, laughs> don't need to believe it. If there was one thing you could change that would positively impact diversity within our own industry, what would it be?
0: hire people for potential versus looking for the perfect fit and be deliberate about your strategy.
1: I appreciate that. All right. What is one thing people would be surprised to find out about you?
0: I have bad days too.
1: Are you sure? I do. (laughs) But you still wear a smile. I mean, that's the thing with you is it's like, I guess everyone has a bad day, but you exude so much positivity. It's always such a pleasure to be around you and just watch you and your career continue to rise. I love the newest role you're in the purpose and the passion you share for what it is that you're doing is so incredible. It's a real honor to know you Carrie, and thank you for being on our podcast
0: and vice versa.
1: Okay. So you've given such great advice. I'm sure there are people who would love to connect with you for those listening. What is your preferred method for outreach?
0: Oh, I love LinkedIn. And I checked. There's only one Carrie Circa.
1: <laughs> I love that you checked. <laughs>
0: so definitely can reach me there. Or my email address is carrie.circa at thekey.com.
1: Okay. And that's S I R K K A for those who don't know. Carrie, thank you again for being on our podcast, The Edge. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Edge. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and subscribe to it in iTunes. Feel free to email Leslie at lvickery at clearedgemarketing.com and let us know if you have questions, would like to be a guest or suggest a potential guest or share topics you'd like to see in the future.